episode on the Push Podcast. Man, I'm here today with a special guest, my brother, um, a, a B-grade chess player at best. Uh, uh, on, on a decent day, you know, if the wine is jumping, you get what I'm trying to say? He he had to scrabble on lock. It just all, <laughs> all kind of depend, but I'm going to let him introduce himself, right. man. Man, my name Killer KGI, uh, Washington D.C. Southeast Thirty Seven, man. Also known as Lil Chris. I don't want y'all to think I abandoned my name, Lil Chris, but KGI Killer, whatever. Man, so how'd you get your name KGI, man? Who who gave that to you? And my uh, my man Slow Mo, right? It's crazy. It's it's crazy. His name's Slow Mo because he's Slow Mo, but uh, Lil E gave me the name. We was doing stuff back in the day, man. They say I was tripping. I always was fucking something up while I was just being wild. So it just gave me the name KGR for can't get right. The K symbolizes that you can't get right. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like instead of C, the K is can't spell. I mean, the can't is spelled with a K. You get what I'm saying? So, so what you what you and you say E, right? Yeah. What you and E was getting into, man? Man, everything, man. Like. We was doing back in the day. We was doing everything. You know, everybody was stealing cars, riding used back in the day. Um, what the hell, man? Just just anything you could think of under sun that you wasn't supposed to be doing when you, you know, what I'm saying sixteen years old and stuff like that, man. Just shit you wasn't supposed to be doing. Man, that's what's up. So tell us, tell I guess the people really, um, just just what's it like in Washington D.C. for the people who don't know, and specifically your neighborhood, man. Um. For me, growing up in D.C., you get what I'm saying? It was, um, now that I'm older, I realized my, my my experience growing up was unique. You get what I'm saying? It was it was, it was was one-on-one because we not like a lot of other places in the United States. First of all, we don't gangbang. So everybody is from a neighborhood. You get what I'm saying? Everybody got neighborhoods. So it's no colors or anything like that. So... Then you got PG County and stuff like that. Some parts of PG County, you know what I'm saying? So it was different because certain places you couldn't go because uh, you beef with neighborhoods and certain schools you couldn't go to, certain stations, bus stations you couldn't go to and all that type of stuff. But um, overall, my childhood was great growing up in D.C. It was good. You know what I'm saying? I can't complain. I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. It was the one of the best experiences. So... That's for sure. So, on the first episode, man, we we talked a lot about transitions, and when I came to know you, bro, like you you was already kind of like already in your mode, already like kind of mature. Like, man, for the people who don't know, like we met at uh Dorsey Run Correctional Facility, right. and honestly, by that time, bro, you was kind of already out the door at the but, end of my bed. I was yeah, yeah, but I'm not gonna lie, bro. I had already heard stories, bro. That, that <laughs> everything you saying about you wild and everything, they said that. So I just want to know, how did you get from, I guess, really, man, 16 to, you know, stealing cars, doing what you was doing, wilding with Lil E? How did you get from there to meeting me? Like, um, Experience, man. Like, going through a lot of lows. You know what I'm saying? Like... I use myself nowadays like as a vessel because I I experience a lot. You know, I'm 30, so and people I know I don't look 30 might appreciate it. But <laughs> man. oh man. But um I experienced a lot, man. With like when I was like you say, like when I got to you, I was already in that mode, like I already knew what I wanted to do and what I needed to do to succeed in the transition from, you know what I'm saying, 
from who I once was. So a lot of that came from just going through stuff, man. Like going through that wild phase and all that type of stuff, man. Learning right from wrong. Like it was so much, man. I just to get to that point, I had to do so much just to get to that point, man. I had to go down the wrong path for so long just to realize, okay, I need to create my own path. You know what I'm saying? I need to create my own path to get to where I need to go. And it took a lot of reading. You know, I was reading a lot. Man, it just took so much experience though. Like experience is the best teacher. Like people even, and it's crazy, a lot of stuff I experienced, people told me like, you'll go through this or you gonna go through this. You gotta know which just that a third. And me being a hard headed person I am, I just never listened and just experienced it myself. But it took a lot, man, for me to get to that point that where you met me with though, I was letting go fights and all that. I wanted to be in every fight. I wanted to be in everything. You get what I'm saying? Then you know I'm small, so I kind of had a small man complex to a certain extent. So I wanted to be in every fight. I wanted to be in a mix of everything. And just getting through all that, going through all that, made me realize that you don't got to be in everything. You get what I'm saying? To be the person you want to be. You ain't got to be, you ain't got to fight every battle. You get what I'm saying? You got to learn when to walk away. That's real. You you probably don't even remember, bro. You you talked me out of man. I, I was really on my way to building four. I don't know if you remember, bro. Man, big, tall, goofy, goofy dude, bro. Man, knocked over my books, man, in my, in my tote, bro. And I kept telling you that day. I said, bro, I'm gonna blow him up, bro. Oh it, man, it's, it's who was that? Him, I remember the, too. The, the dude, he had, he had the funny eye. He had one eye off, bro. And you know, we we in that joint always having. I can't even. We can't have fun or nothing, bro. But I remember just late that night, bro. I, I wasn't acting myself. Like I, I was, was really acting, off to the side. Crazy, yeah. yeah, I was acting. Throw it away, man. Throw <laughs> it all throw away, away. <laughs> bro. And and I really do remember you, like really pulling me to the side, bro. And that's one thing I love about you, Brody. Like, like you use a lot of jokes. Like we definitely gonna bid and have fun. But it's like I could separate it and, and sense like the seriousness in. Like you was making jokes. Like, hey, bro, seriously, what? What do we gain from this? No, how, how is we gonna win from this, bro? Like this, this is a lose lose situation. And, we, we was having some motion around that time too. Man, we was having big motion around that time too. During that time, bro, it was crazy, bro. Three, four, uh, totes full of food, bro. Cash up, man. Our family was happy, bro. Cash up, crazy, man. I just remember, bro. That was the day. I, I feel like, man. But before I went in, somebody told me they was like, man, you gonna get tested, bro. Man, it's fight or flight. You will get tested fight. at least once. I don't care how, I don't care if you're there for three months, six months, 30 years. Fight. You're going to get tested once, bro. And, and I feel like during that time, bro, like I really appreciate you because I, I feel like that was going to be the time I was really going to throw it away, bro. Because I, I was about to make a name and that's, off and that's him. It's crazy, boy. though, because I was just talking to somebody. That's all it takes, bro. All it takes is for one moment, one, you know what I'm saying, one action to throw your whole life away, bro. Like, it's so many people in prison right now that life was decided from one swift action. You get what I'm saying? And not even from the judges, from the pro. It was from there, one swift action. You get what I'm saying? Like, not thinking, not not seeing past go. And that's a lot of people's problem. They can't see past go. And that was my problem for a long time. I couldn't see past go. Are you get what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't go to that, I wouldn't go to that corner and peek around the corner to see what's around. I just know, boom, I'm going right there. You get what I'm saying? And the incident you talk about, I remember it. I just, I, it's going to kill me. I can't remember the dude's name, but I was just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, bro, like, what you going to get out of that? Are you blowing up now or what? Like, 
Now what? Now you risk going to the hole. Now you got to go up the road all the way far out. You might not get no visit. They might send you out west, blah, blah, fuck. You can't get no visits. Now that's going to strain the relationship with you and your girl and all that. You get what I'm saying? Like People don't see that. They just see the now. A lot of people don't see the future. They see the now. You get what I'm saying? And ability as men, human beings, period. Everybody got the ability to see. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you know yourself, you got the ability to see what's going to happen in the future. What's the potential things that can happen in the future? Because you know yourself and how you're going to carry things out. So... A lot of times when I be seeing that, I be trying to gravitate people towards, you know what I'm saying, the opposite, like not nonviolent. And it took me a long time to get to that point. It like took me a long time. So when I be speaking to people, I let them know like, man, look, not trying to be like, oh yeah, I was like you, but I had that mindset before. Like, man, I got to go right now. Like, man, this nigga disrespecting me or this happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, I had really that mindset. That's really what we talk though. Cause it's like, if not, you know, bro. You, we didn't seen people, man, from my bunk buddy to your bunk buddy. <laughs> like, man, we didn't seen dudes, man. And I'm standing on business, get slapped. Next thing you know, they food for the next for the next year, for real, for real, bro. They really got to be Mr. Nice Guy on the tier, bro. That's so it's crazy. like that's that's, that's everybody. That's, <laughs> yeah. cra- that's crazy, bro. Yeah. You remember the nigga that got smacked so hard, bro? That like the police came to the joint. Yeah, and just look, he was on the glass. Oh, he was my like, God. Uh. Man, this, <laughs> man, this nigga got smacked so hard, Slim. Like, you heard, like, the police got, like, bulletproof glass. Like, what is it? Plexiglass. Plexiglass. They got plexiglass. It's like, and double-sided, was, too. We was watching a movie that night. We was bad watching Boys. A movie. Oh, my God. Bad Boys. We it was, was watching Bad Boys. Bad Boys 3, wasn't it? Bad Boys. So, you know, everyone is in the dorm. In, like, everybody. Locked in on the 60, movie. 60, 70 people locked in. Man, it, man, it was a pay-per-view once we heard that smack. Oh and it happened so, so quick. quick. It was quick it was as so- shit. Man, that shit was like you know, like you ever seen like the old movies, like the seventeen hundred movies, like in Paris when they be like, I challenged you to a duel. Whop up, that's how quick it was, but it was loud as shit. Like it was pow, and the nigga just looked. I was like, and, and you, and I want to touch on that. And the funniest part about that is, you, we already know we don't have to say his name. No, man, that that part, that man was part of an active gang. So I, I want to ask you this, just speaking on gang stuff like that, you've, you've done time, you understand it and everything. What made you not want to join a gang when you was coming into prison? Um, For me, just 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 being honest, well, I didn't want nobody to tell me what to do. Like, you can't tell me to go do something and I don't want to do it. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's why I was in jail in the first place, because I didn't want to listen. So you think I'm going to come to jail now and listen to somebody and then... As I as as I was in prison for a little long and I got to seeing, you know what I'm saying, seeing like stuff like motherfuckers OGs, like the people they calling OGs be asking me for stuff or trying to get me to do stuff. And then in actuality, they be nobodies for real. You know what I'm saying? Like actually these niggas be nobodies. You get what I'm saying? Like I'm not taking no orders or listening to nobody, listening to the nigga that, you know what I'm saying? Just I think Dirk, Dirk got a line. Dirk got a line in one of his songs. He said, "If he got more bodies than you, you can't little bro the nigga." Not in my situation, but like, <laughs> if he got more respect than you, you can't little bro the nigga. Like, I'm my own person. Like you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm my own person. My name carry weight. You know what I'm saying? Wherever I go at, I'm respected everywhere because I give respect. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, I just that was my main reason. Not nothing else. It's just that I couldn't listen to. I just ain't want to listen to nobody. I ain't want to listen to my mother. I ain't want to listen to my uncle. Raise me. I ain't want to listen to my brother. I ain't want to listen to my father. So why would I come to prison and listen to somebody, a complete stranger that I don't know? Dude. That don't got my best interest. I'm not listening to people that got my best interest at heart. You think I'm going to come and listen to somebody, you know what I'm saying, that got 
his best interest or the gang's best interest at heart, not mine. That, that just didn't sit right with me. So that's my personal reason now. I know p- other people, they got reasons why they ain't want to join the gang. And plus, another thing is, I'm from Washington, D.C. I'm, I'm from Southeast. Like, it's no gangs. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I be seeing people now, like, saying all this stuff, Crow and all this other stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that's crazy. Cause that's growing definitely up, a gang, though. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's crazy to me because, like, me growing up where I'm from, it was, like I said in the beginning, it was no gangs. So... For you to migrate to something that you have no knowledge of, you get what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. Like, I respect, like, the people that's really in gangs, like, that's know what they're doing. Like, them West Coast, like, them West Coast niggas, like, that shit ain't just a gang to them. That's family. Like, their mother was crip. Their great grandfather was blood and stuff like that. It's like past, you know, generation. It's sister. They, like, family's involved in that. For you to just jump into something, basically on some dick ride shit, how I look at it, it's just like, it's crazy to me. But my personal reason, I just ain't want to listen to nobody. That's why I ain't never joined a gang. So how did you feel about um, different people in the jail and prison and stuff like that when they would uh, associate uh, gangbanging with Islam? Because, you know, Islam is super, super big in prison. How did you feel about that? Um, me and you had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. I felt like people was trying to hide behind, you know what I'm saying? People was trying to hide behind the dean. They trying to hide behind a religion. So... I know a lot of people, I know some people, but I, I'm not, I, this one I'm not going, I know some people that gangbang, you know what I'm saying? And even though you, 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 you tech now, now hold on, that you, t- I, 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 uh, I, you know where yeah, I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah, I know where you're going there, I know where you're going, right? So that's some prison, that's like, kind of like some prison stuff, like where is that they be like, oh, you can't gangbang and can't be Muslim and all that other stuff because it's politics. But in actuality, you can, but my thing was in prison, People, majority of people that gangbang that try to turn Muslim, they was doing it to get out of the game. You know what I'm saying? They didn't do it with Allah in their heart. You get what I'm saying? They didn't do it with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their heart. They just did it to get out of the game. You get what I'm saying? They didn't do it because they were searching, you know what I'm saying? They were searching for something meaningful mm-hmm. or whatever the case is. You know what I'm saying? They they did it to get out of the game. But I know people that's in games and they know the Quran better than motherfuckers that, you know what I'm saying, that ain't been in games. They know. It's swords, they know the prayers, they know everything, you know what I'm saying? They 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 know their stuff. And so I can't fault them, but that was that's some prison shit. That's politics. That's prison politics. So I I, I can't be like, oh yeah, well, I don't agree with that. I, that's prison politics, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel about that. Do you feel like um Islam changed your life significantly? Yeah, significant, drastically. And how so? Um before before Islam. I ain't have no structure. You know what I'm saying? Islam is built on structure. Like it's built on structure. You get what I'm saying? Like Islam will keep you out of a lot of things because first of all, you gotta pray five times a day. If you praying five times a day, you ain't really got too much time to be doing nothing. You ain't got no business to be doing. You know what I'm saying? Like it really cuts that down. It, it really cuts that down. Like everything about Islam really cuts down any wrongdoing. Like if you're doing it how you're supposed to be doing it, how the way the Quran. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, Allah wants you to do it. Like it keeps you out of a lot of trouble. You get what I'm saying? That's why a lot of people who deviate from it gets in trouble. It keeps you out of a lot of trouble. But it most definitely changed the way I think, the way my outlook on a lot of things. You get what I'm saying? It helped me understand me. Like if I never got to Islam, I don't think me and you would have met. You know what I'm saying? If I never got into Islam, I don't Pro- think me probably and you would've met. not. Yeah, you know like, <laughs> probably not. Like if I if I if I never got into it, I don't think me and you would met. And you wonder what's crazy? What turned me to Islam? 
it's my favorite book, the autobiography of Malcolm X. You know, I kept that book. You know, yeah. I, you know, I kept that book. That's my favorite book. And just seeing his testimony, just seeing what he went through, like the, all the stuff he was doing, man, and that he found a religion that accepted him. You know what I'm saying? As long as he was willing to change, it was like this. What I need, you know what I'm saying? Like this, what I need in my life. Like I already had like the mindset of all right, look, this is what I need to do, but I just still need a structure. And Islam pointed me to that path of structure. What a lot of people don't know is, like I said, you know, um, Islam and your community, everything like that, you know, everyone comes together. It's not about, you know, colors or anything mm-hmm. like that. But did you feel like it was any type of division between Islams that was from DC, Prince George's County, what Hell we call yeah. out the way, yeah. and Baltimore? Oh, yeah. And why, why did you think there was a separation? Because you know I got a funny story. But. <laughs> I mean, man, anybody that been in prison out the feds, they know it's geographical. You get what I'm saying? It's geographical and it's about ethnicities. So most of out the feds is geographical and the ethnicities up the road, like out Merlin, um, it's more it's more geographic. So, you know, for a long time, they you know the, the D.C. Baltimore thing, everybody be talking about the D.C. Baltimore thing. And to be honest with you, I got the most love from Baltimore niggas, to be honest with you. To be 100% honest. I tell like, people that all the time. I got the bro. most love in Britain. Shout out to Baltimore, man. Shout out to all my niggas over east, out west, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got the most love from Baltimore niggas in my whole prison time. Like, anybody that know me from Baltimore ain't got nothing with, I ain't going to say it. A majority of them got nothing but good to say, but yeah, because Floyd Mayweather that that was one of your first <laughs> nicknames I gave you now. Like <laughs> anybody from Baltimore ain't gonna have nothing but good things to say about me. Like I carried myself like a man, and they always treated me like you know what I'm saying. Like I was one of the dummies, you know what I'm saying. Like they always treated me good. I ain't never have a problem with uh, nobody from Baltimore. A few people, but you know you got that. They got that Baltimore DC thing, and that come from the generation before mine. Really, that come from the generation before mine. And then you know, PG DC, you know how that go. You Merlin, you Measy. This is my favorite. No, nah, no, nah, damn, I can't say that because it's a podcast. This ain't my favorite Merlin, man. This is my second favorite Merlin, man. It's my second favorite Measy. You know, you got the DC PG thing. So it's always geographical, man. Like it's, it's always a geographical thing. So you most definitely had brothers that was from DC on homie time and Muslim. Then you had brothers that was from Baltimore. Muslim and it was kind of separated, but real recognized, real and men respect men, and you know everybody is one in Islam. Everybody's equal in Islam. So the ones that really understood and got it, you know what I'm saying, didn't let the geographical thing break them up or didn't let them wave their path for you know what I'm saying, uh, um, their religion, their faith. They all came together, but. It most definitely is a thing in in prison. It most definitely a thing in prison that DC PG thing. It's just geographic anyway, and then out the phase is just geographical thing. You know what I'm saying? It's just where you from. Towards the end of, I would say your bid. I still had a little bit more time on the back end for me, but towards the end of your bid, bro, I would say, um, I would say during, I want to say it was like right before winter time, bro. I noticed a switch in you, bro. Like during this time, I'm not gonna lie, we was. We was getting money. We was having fun. We was like, I hate to say it, but prison was fun during this time. I tell people this, like, man, the dorm was was clicking. It wasn't Lit. too much drama. Everything yeah. was cool. But I, I noticed a switch in you, bro. Like, 
you 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 played your bunk a little bit more. The the books was was racking up a little bit. I know you was getting ready to go home. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that transition and just um one, you know, you doing all that time. I know we didn't, you know, touch on how much time you did and stuff like that, but how do you feel about the transition about you, you know, being in prison, going through the ups and downs, like just describe your transition of getting ready to go into the real world. Um, it's more mental, it's more mental than anything. So like you said, you gotta be able, I, I think in order for you to be successful in life, you gotta, everybody got that switch. Everybody got that switch. You get what I'm saying? So that switch can be from, ghetto to business from, you know what I'm saying? Um, street savvy to business savvy. Everybody got to have that switch. And for me going home, I had to have the switch from transitioning from bidding to getting on the streets and doing what I was supposed to do, getting out there, getting to my daughter, you know what I'm saying? Doing all that. Cause like I told you, like a lot of stuff from jail, I had to take out of my head, you know what I'm saying? I had to get it out my mind. I had to go to therapy, you know what I'm saying? It's nothing wrong with therapy. Like, it's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I want everybody to get out of that stigma, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's something wrong with therapy. Especially if you're coming home from prison, man, please try to go go to therapy, man. It works, I, I'm telling you, I did it. And you just gotta be ready, Slim. Like, you gotta understand what's at stake. Me, I did seven and a half, I did seven and a half years in prison, you know what I'm saying? Took my whole 20s away from me for real. So you gotta understand what's at stake. So basically it's like, I've been through all this shit. Am I gonna tighten up, get home and do what I'm supposed to do to stop from coming back? Or I'm a, you know what I'm saying? Be, be, a statistic, be a statistic, you know what I'm saying? Like come back in that revolving door. So for me, understanding that, knowing where I came from and where I wasn't ever trying to go back again, I had to hit the switch. So you gotta fall back, stop playing the phone. You know what I'm saying? Like motherfuckers wanna play their phone till they go home. You gonna you catch time because you know everybody trying to get on the phone. You know everybody trying to get on the phone. So you burning the phone up. Guess what? You putting yourself in the mix. You out there playing dominoes. You go home in two weeks. Guess what? You putting yourself in the mix because you know anything can go down. Motherfucker, get the hey, nah, you called this to the third now. You gotta take off. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta know when to hit that switch. Time to fall back. You know what I'm saying it's just like on the street. The same thing. I know when to hit that switch. Cause I know if I go to the club, it's a possibility anything can happen in this club. My daughter's birthday in a couple days. Why would I risk that? I'm gonna fall back. So for me, the switch was just falling back. Like you said, man, I was getting more in tune with books, trying to read, looking up stuff out here. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to be one step ahead of everybody that was already, that I felt was 10 steps ahead of me from being out in the street already. I've been locked up seven and a half years, so they automatically got a head stop. So I was getting into books, you know what I'm saying? Calling out, trying to find out what's going on, the trends that I can try to capitalize on, you know what I'm saying? And just try to be successful. So I was trying to get one step ahead of people I felt was 10 steps ahead of me already. Yeah, that's real. So when you did come home, what's what's one of the first things you did? Or what's one of the first, uh, whether it be business, whether it be uh, you investing in yourself, what's one of the biggest things you're proud of? That you did when you came home? Um, the biggest thing that I'm proud of was going back to school. You know, I went to school for uh paralegal studies. I went to Georgetown University for paralegal studies. And that was the biggest thing. The the biggest thing I did besides school, I'm gonna say this, is being a father to my daughter. Yep. You know, that's the biggest thing actually, is was being a father to my daughter, being able to go to sleep and wake up to my child, you get what I'm saying? 
being able to take my child to go get breakfast or just go get something to eat or take her to the mall, get whatever she want. You get what I'm saying? Just being able to be a father. That was the biggest thing. But that being said, it, it was me going back to school because that was a hard task. And people that know me will tell you, like, you know, like, what well, I'm to tell you, like, man, he's smart as shit. Like, he really, you know what I'm saying? Like, motherfuckers that know me that grew up with me used to be saying, like, oh, how are you getting in all this trouble? Like, you the captain of the debate team. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing punching this person? What are you doing stabbing this person? What are you doing robbing these people? Like, they be looking at me crazy, like females that went to school with me and stuff like that. They look at me crazy, like, what is you doing? Like, bro, I'm not gonna lie. I remember I was trying to link up with you, you know, when I first came home and everything. You was like, bro, I'm at school right now. <laughs> what you what you up the street or something? Where you at? <laughs> uh brother, I'm at Georgetown right now. I said, Yeah, all right, bro. He was like, Come on, pull up. Man, I pulled up and your man was wearing a turtleneck. For the record, I just yeah. want to let everybody know your man That's was my wearing style, a turtleneck. Man, you know what I'm saying? Man. I put turtlenecks back before I was. Listen, before I came on, nobody was wearing no turtlenecks. They seen me in the turtlenecks down Georgetown, man, looking sweet. You know what I'm saying? Southeast <laughs> nigga down his drink, man, letting these people know. Everybody like, oh, if he can do it, I can do it. Now all of a sudden, he's wearing turtlenecks. You know what I'm saying? What's, what's, what's the biggest thing you learned from uh, Georgetown? Man? The biggest thing I learned from Georgetown is. Don't let your past define who you are. Don't let your past mistakes define who you are. So I had a professor. He had a black professor. And man, he was just so like, he was just so down to earth. He was just so real. And if you didn't know him, like if you just met him right now, like you would stereotype him. You get what I'm saying? Like, but when you get to talking to him, man, that nigga was so real. Slim, like. He had a brother that been in jail. You know what I'm saying? His father was a um, correctional officer. His father, mm -hmm. where they from? They was out like out West Bubblefuck, Virginia. They, he was mm -hmm. from Fall, Virginia. So his father was a correctional officer out there. So everybody knew his father. His father was a correctional officer, like some like 20 years or something. His brother kept getting in trouble. His brother was in and out of jail. That his father was a correctional officer. At. You know what I'm saying? So he was just he used to tell me like, man, look, I understand. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? I can't. Really sympathize with your with you guys situ with your situation. You coming home from prison and stuff like that, but I can empathize. Like I got a brother that go through the same thing. You know what I'm saying? And I can be the one to tell you that the system judges you based on your skin. You know what I'm saying? And the system True. is unfair. He's like, I can be the one to tell you. He's a law. He's a He's a lawyer too. He's like, I can be the one to tell you that. But guess what? That don't gotta define you. You choose. You choose what defines you. You get what I'm saying? You could choose how your future is gonna come out. Don't let your past record label you just because they label you, they give you that F on your report card, the felony charge. Don't make you a felon. You know what I'm saying? That don't make just because they say you're a felon, that don't make you a felon. You ain't got to go the rest of your life being a felon. You know what I'm saying? People exclude themselves because they felons. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I can't get this job because I'm a felon and I can't do this because I'm a felon. And I can't do this because I'm a felon. You so worried about the things you can't do, you're not focused on the things you can do that can change, that can eradicate that F. You get what I'm saying? I know people. With felonies and stuff. I know people that came home from murders and own businesses. You know what I'm saying? Got CDLs, own their own trucking companies, own restaurants. You get what I'm saying? Lounges, uh, black truck services, all type of stuff. And they felon. You know what I'm saying? So that being down Georgetown and being around all different ethnicities and just different people, people with the same background as me, different background, different skin color, let me know, like, all right, well, this not the end. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like me. Doing time and me having that F in my report, this not the end. I can achieve so much more. Man, that's real. So what what are you working on right now? What's what's KGR? What's KGR's next move? 
uh right now, man, I'm uh my brother just came home, so we focusing on um we we trying to focus on entrepreneur like doing either like the box trucks. All right, now I'm about to go get my I'm about to uh go get my CDO learners permit Friday. I'm about to go take the test I've been studying for like the past couple days. I already know you're gonna pass. So yeah, you know I'm about to just, I'm gonna smoke that joint. You know I got hey bro, you want it was crazy, bro. I got so many certificates, like so many certs. And shit, I got certs of IT. Yeah, you you was that jail dude, man. It's a program you getting it done, bro. Bro, I got so <laughs> many certs, bro. But it's not like what you do is like you implement it. I don't implement a lot of shit that I be doing, bro. And I, and I got to work on that. Like I know so much shit, and I just don't implement it. Like like the paralegal thing. Like I'm a paralegal right now, so I work at my school for Georgetown. But um, besides like trying to do like do business, like on uh do our own business thing, like with the trucks and shit like that. I'm rapping, you know what I'm saying? I be rapping. I don't even like saying rapping. Like I prefer like a poet or something because I don't even be rapping. Bro, you really are more of an artist, bro. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't consider myself, and not the, and I know it's cliche to be like, oh, I ain't consider myself a rapper or something like that. I know it's kind of cliche because a lot of people, a lot of uh, dudes now, they sing and do other stuff. But I feel as though with me, I can really I probably like get like on any beat and and, and adapt because my 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 my. How can I say it? Like your story is real. That's not one. my story. You get what I'm saying? And just cause I'm not one sided, like with music. Like I listen to all kind of music. You know what I'm saying? I listen to country music. Um, I listen to '80s pop, rock, and all. I listen like to all kind of music. And that's and, and that's cause I got an uncle. My uncle he used to make me listen to, like the Limp Biscuit and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And Grand Theft Auto. Okay. Grand Theft Auto got me on a like rack of little music. Oh. My ex is Leo. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> well, I noticed I was going through a YouTube channel. You know, I'm always keeping up with you and posting your stuff, but I was yeah. really going through your YouTube channel, just trying to really see what, what the people were going to. It's two songs, and I just want to get maybe a little bit of background to them. The first one, um, you have a song with No Savage, your brother, correct? Right, right. Tell me about the making Free of Wapo, that song. Man. Um, the making of that song, Savage really, you know what I'm saying? Like, Savage really made me want to take rap serious, man. I know now, like, I be kind of, I ain't going to lie, I be kind of inconsistent with the rap shit because I be doing so much shit. But Savage, like, I feel as though Savage home, like, I'd have been, like, really, because Savage was on my ass. Like, Savage didn't know I can rap for real. He ain't, you know what I'm saying? Like, he heard, like, little shit, like, from back in the day, like, man, nah, kill it all right, kill it cool, you know what I'm saying? Like, but when me and Savage got in the studio together, bro, and he, like, really heard me rap, like, bro, like, you motivating me because I know the shit that you saying in your songs real. Like you motivating me. And then you know, I don't write, bro, I don't write neither. So he going in and I'm going in. We both just going in. He like, bro, you keeping up with me. And then he was teaching me a lot of stuff. You never too old to learn. Like, don't ever think like you never too old to learn. Mind you, that's my little brother. And bro was teaching me stuff that I ain't know about being in, 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 in music. But the way that song came up, um, he was just on there listening to beats. He was just on there going on beats. Just we were just in the studio. It was his session too. It wasn't even my session. We were just in there going to beats, just listening to beats. And then he picked the beat out. And as he picked the beat out, he just started rapping. He just was rapping like how he go, just going. And then he just tapped me, and I started going, just flowing. He's like, "We about to record this. We about to record this right now. We about to record this." And. That's how stand on business came. That's how stand on. I think he was in the studio with us. Yeah, he was in the studio with us. Eve, I shout out my man Rich Easy. He was in the studio with us, motivating me for that too. And uh, I think that was like April. So I can't remember when it was, but that's how that came about though. Just random, just being in there random and just 
going off, you know what I'm saying? Just feeding off each other energy. And the other song I wanted to talk about was um, your brother just came home, right? And you kind of- I cold my soul is bust down. Yeah. Bust yeah. down. You, you did a whole movie on it. It was, it was almost like a mini documentary forever. Bust down, you wonder what's crazy? I'm going to tell you something about bust down. Bust down is the only song that I wrote, that I, that I actually recorded that I wrote in prison. I wrote bust down literally- um, remember, remember Jabbar that was mm-hmm. locked up with us? I, I wrote Bust Down when Jabbar was going home. Remember Jabbar, Jabbar was down for like 20, like almost 30 years, Slum. Good brother Jabbar, man. Slum Legum, how you doing, brother? Um, Bob was down for like 20 years, you know, Bob from around Paradise. So Bob just missed out on so much, Slum, and then he finally got parole to go home. Man, that made, and, and anybody that been in prison, Slum, you a real nigga, Slum. When somebody going home, Slim, that motivates you so much. And that, especially somebody you close That's to, true. you see them going home, you just like, damn, man. Especially somebody that been down for a long time. You know what I'm saying? Like, this nigga missed everything. So I'm like, this nigga missed the Nash Stadium getting built. He missed the MGM. Like, shit that got tore down. Like, when Bob went in, Eastgate was still up. You know what I'm saying? Like, Eastgate been <laughs> tore down forever. You know what I'm saying? So for him to go home and be able to experience that, like, man, it, it did something to me. And I just went back and just was writing. I just started writing, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I say my dog been down for 28 years. I almost cried when he went home. Say he loved to hear me rap. That's why I put him in his song, you know what I'm saying? So I was just thinking about that and just like all the experience I went through in my life. Like that whole, that whole bust down is like true. Like that's facts. Like that's from the heart. That's the only song that I've released that I've written, like, like wrote, like that drink from the heart. So man, our acronym is PUSH Podcast. It's pray until something happens, bro. Um, just give us a few words, just really on your story and and what prayer really had to do with it and how it got you to where you are now, bro. Like, man, I didn't know you back then, but I already told you, I heard stories, bro. <laughs> you went from wilding to, wow, to you know, still wilding, really, when you got into prison to, you know what I'm trying to say, really being a big brother and a mentor to now, bro. Like, tell Dude, me how I'm prayer like got you through. 1080, man, like. I be thinking about that, like when I be talking to like my little brothers and I be talking to all my like young niggas and shit, I just be like, I really came from where y'all coming from. You get what I'm saying? Like, I really was like, it's, it's stuff like imaginable, like stuff that I was doing when I was young and like, why the fuck was I doing that? You get what I'm saying? And like I said, I ain't had no structure. You know what I'm saying? I was hard I didn't want to listen. It's been times I've been in jail, like, and people be asking me like, yeah, how do you, I seen when you uh, did your interview and you was like, man, how you how you did the time? Like, I was talking to somebody yesterday, like, shit, I don't know how the fuck I did that time, be honest with you, you know what I'm saying? It's just, just you gotta do that shit. Like, you ain't got no choice. You ain't got no choice. You get what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got no choice. You gotta do it. Like, you gotta do it. Like, and prayer helped me get through a lot of dark times, man. Like a lot of dark times. Like when I ain't know which way to go, you know what I'm saying, what to do. Me just talking to God, you know what I'm saying? Like me asking God for guidance helped me through through like 80% of my bid, you know what I'm saying? Cause I wasn't really I wasn't into religion, you know what I'm saying? I, I most definitely wasn't into Islam. I've read up on religions before, you know what I'm saying? I, I went to Islam, but I've read up on a lot of religion and stuff, and I still wasn't I still wasn't into it. So like my whole first I'm beyond the whole first five years of me being locked up. I was wilding the whole five years. Like I ain't start cooling out until like two years at the end of my bed when I found Islam. You know what I'm saying? So prayer helped me 
Fred helped me get to where I'm at right now. You know what I'm saying? And I remember we used to be talking about that when we was locked up, like your acronym, pray until something happens. I remember you was like, man, I'm gonna make this, I'm gonna do this. And you brought it to fruition. Me talking to you right now, you know what I'm saying? Pray put me and you in this position right now to even be talking to each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, who would have ever thought two motherfuckers meet in prison, you know what I'm saying? From two totally different backgrounds, you know what I'm saying? Two totally different shits and just link like this. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and get this bond that we got. You know what I'm saying? No, for sure, bro. Man. Thank you for another episode on the Push Podcast. Uh, my brother KGR, no still a B-grade chess player. You know what I'm saying? Right. See y'all next time.